We are back post-All-Star game, post-All-Star break in the Florida Panthers. Well, they are just in great position as opposed to a year ago where we were all figuring out, okay, well, there's 33 games left. If you go 24-9, uh, and nine, you'll have a chance to get – we don't have to do any of that this year. Uh, as we've spoken about for the past month, 500 basically puts them at 100 points and in the playoffs. So what are you looking for in the unofficial – of course, second half of the season because there's only 33 games left. Uh, Tuesday is game number 50 at home against Philadelphia. Number one, they've got to keep up the intensity because they're going to play a bunch of teams like they were last year. Starting Tuesday night, Philadelphia, then Washington, Colorado, not the case, Pittsburgh. Uh, you go on and on. You're going to go into Tampa the following week. Um, you're going to play all these teams that are fighting for every single point and need it. And, you know, there are times in the great sport of hockey, certain situations and games that decide games by who wants it more. I don't think it's going to be an issue with this team because they know what it takes. And I don't think it's going to be a big issue in the final nine, 10 weeks of the season because they're better than a lot of these teams. They're deeper. They're more physical. They're more talented, and they still want it more. Um, there's been so many positives that you don't want to get too complacent as a fan, I don't think. But what's left for them? Stay healthy. Minimize tough minutes as much as you can for the big guys because the playoffs are a long run. Um, and again, not by a wide margin, but here and there when you can, great. And don't lose the edge. And whatever they've done, just keep trying to do it. It may be a little bit better. Maybe, I can't even say more consistent because they very rarely lose in regulation. They're 13-2-2 over their last 17 games since late December. An amazing record. So, um, they're a mature group now, though. They've been to the playoffs a number of years in a row and deep last year. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch uh, Sam Reinhardt. How far can he go? Can he threaten Pavel Bure's all-time goal record of 59? I mean, it's basically health-permitting a foregone conclusion. He's going to have the second most goals by a Panther. Uh, Bure did 58 and 59. Verhage's next last year when he scored 42. And Reinhardt's five away from that. He's rewriting all of the franchise record books. Um... And he's still got months to go. So, incredible to watch him. Uh, how many points will Matthew Kachuk finish up with when he had, what, five goals in his first 30 games? And now all of a sudden he's on this 125-point pace over the last month and a half or so. Um, it'll be interesting to watch him. And then just from a chemistry standpoint, you know, is Evan Rodriguez the long-term guy with Barkov and, and Reinhardt? I think so. I think it's come a come a good ways since the beginning of the season and Evan Rodriguez, a veteran, smart enough player, um, you know, he's learned how to play with those guys and complement what they do. Uh, and then in a month, you know, the question is, did the Panthers make a trade or two? Do they want another defenseman? It would only be for depth. You've got your six playing and Josh Mahura, who could step in at any time. So that's seven. Uh, Uvis Belinskis is down in the AHL, Charlotte. Uh, playing every day. That's why he's there. He's already, you know, could be in the NHL, but you want him playing hockey. Is he the eighth guy 
And if that's the case, do they even need to pick somebody up? Uh, depends on who's available and what price. Um, and, and then at the forward spot, it, it, it would appear the top six is set. You know Lundell and Los Torinen, um are set in the top nine, and probably Nick Cousins is part of that as well. So do you want to go out and get another guy? Right now, Stephen Lawrence is the extra guy. Um, can Mackie Samuskevich come back up and when he gets to play in the playoffs, be a contributing factor. You know, two injuries, as we learned from last year, deep in the playoffs changes the whole thing. So do they want another top nine winger? And what would that cost? And if you brought in another top nine guy, um, how much stronger would you be? Because if you, know, you got Nick Cousins, who I really think is an overlooked guy. He played great last year. He can play anywhere. And you can move him up and down in a pinch. Um, you know, if you were playing a game seven and all of a sudden Nick Cousins had to even go on your second line, uh, I think you're okay with that. I really do. He, he's, he can hold his own there and, and play well and, and produce. So if you got another guy, how much stronger would that make your team if you picked up another winger? Because Lomberg and Gadjevich um, do your job with Stenlin in the middle. And... If you had Cousins in that mix with Lomberg and Gadjevich, how strong is that line? And can Paul Maurice in the playoffs at home matchup-wise use that line against a line other than the other team's fourth line? And if that's the case, it makes it a huge weapon because you already know Lundell and Losterinen, they could do it against any line. So I think these are all questions that obviously the Panthers are kicking around. Um... What do you want to give up? What do you have to give up if you want to pick up a forward? Um, all going to be fascinating to watch. The nice thing is they don't have to do a thing. You've got the two goalies plus some point in the playoffs. Um, if he's not in Charlotte, Spencer Knight will be up as the third guy. You're set on defense. You got the six. You really have seven. Mahura played every game in the playoff run last year, so you have confidence if he steps in, he's perfectly fine doing it. Um... A guy like Belinskis, you know, is not a 21-year-old. He's been around. He played pretty well early in the season. And if you want to go get another guy as a depth defenseman, a veteran, it's really not going to cost you that much. So they can always do that. And the forwards, you're set there too. I mean, you like this line. When this lineup is complete, you really like it. Now all of them have playoff experience. So the nice thing is in a month when the deadline hits, if the Panthers do nothing, that's okay also. But I do get the feeling... You know, bringing in a little bit of depth, if it doesn't cost too much, um, is, is I'll say, on the likely side. Um, but again, if it's not the right fit, then they won't do anything because very, very um, focused on the chemistry of this team, which is amazing. Remember, they didn't do anything last year. Now, Duclair was coming back, so you knew that was going to be the case. But last year at the trade deadline, the Panthers were one of, I want to say, four teams, maybe even three, that didn't make a move. And a couple of those teams were out of it. And there was more talk about them selling a few players the deadline last year. So sometimes um, changing is not the right thing. Sometimes the best moves you make are the ones you don't make. And I still think there's time, though. I think this, this month coming up here... Um, We'll determine a little bit more from general manager Bill Zito and that hockey staff about, hey, what might be needed. Um, 
and, and a lot of it's going to depend on what's out there and at what cost. We've seen a couple of guys in the league get traded already. Um, you know, Winnipeg goes and makes the move for Monaghan, for Montreal, first round pick involved. Um, Lindholm goes from Calgary to Vancouver, you know, and Panther fans, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but those are the things to keep an eye on because, you know, those two teams um, right now, they're the favorites. I mean, one of them, if the Panthers can get there, you could have a Stanley Cup final against one of those teams, and they both went out and uh, and made their moves, and they felt they had to. So uh, it's a great time for the Florida Panthers and to be watching these games and attending these games. The games are super exciting. Uh, a lot of them coming right down to the wire, and the Panthers are just playing a real fun, hard-nosed style of hockey. They've been amazing defensively when you start looking – at the underlying numbers and the analytics, they are top two in basically every category. Uh, they're third in actual goals. So they're an incredible defensive team, and it really hasn't come at the cost of very much offense because they're able to get it done offensively, and they've improved their special teams this season has gone on. So it's going to be a fun stretch, uh, fun stretch drive, uh, keep guys healthy, keep winning games at a good clip. Doesn't have to even be a great clip. Not sure if Panther fans want them to finish first in the East or not. My guess would be yes, because then you play that wild card in the 1-8 matchup. I think you'd probably still rather have that than take on, I'm thinking, Toronto or Tampa. We'll finish second or third, but I don't completely discount Detroit. Uh, but I do think, you know, Toronto has those games in hand on the Lightning. So you have to think it would be Toronto. And, hey, may maybe that is the favorable matchup for the Panthers. Uh, very easily, Toronto could come in, you know, top, you know, second or third in the division. Tampa can be eighth. And when you talk about pure goaltending, would you rather avoid Andre Vasilevsky? Hey, as we know, it's fun for us to talk about teams extremely dangerous. They never do it. They never try to pick their opponent. And in the NHL, the great Stanley Cup playoffs that they are and the competitive balance in the league, it's impossible to do anyway because it may come down to the very last game or two games like it usually does uh, for the final seating. So that'll do it for this edition of the Goldie and Ice podcast. Back at it uh, for the stretch drive for the Panthers. Uh, Tuesday night against the Philadelphia Flyers, our producer is Brett Markowitz. He does a great job. Without him, the podcast would not be possible. So thank you to him and a thank you to our sponsors who have been there right from the beginning. Without them, the podcast would not be possible. Please take a moment, listen to words from them, and we'll talk to you next time. Time to take a moment out to tell you about something very important, the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister at age 15 battled Ewing sarcoma and she beat it and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of sides and does so much for those families. So I encourage you to help out. Check out Sides on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. -E uh, everything is on there. Or you can also call this important number, 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. Help us, help Dave Lister, and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the Sides Foundation. Well, I want to tell you about Ken Morris because he's been 33-plus years in the business, a stand-up guy, and recently joined JLL 
as a senior vice president. Now, JLL is number 185 in the Fortune 500 list, and Ken specializes in industrial properties, warehouse and manufacturer. He handles complex transactions. And the bottom line is, and I know this about him, you're the most important asset. You know, he takes care of his clients. That's what really drives him and keeps him in the business. And he absolutely loves it. He works with Fortune 500 companies and startup companies as well. So any needs that you possibly have, I could tell you this, Ken Morris is the guy. And he's been nice enough to support this podcast right from the beginning. So he's also got a pretty keen eye. Give him a call, 954-240-4400. That's 954-240-4400 for Ken Morris.